listening to Fear, the Nth Cast. I'm Josh. I'm JD. What's going on, buddy? Oh, not much. Really? Just, yeah, living life. Just really? Yeah, pretty much. Just, just chilling. Yeah, that's what I do. That's <laughs> uh, what you do. I mean, nothing exciting. There's no floodwaters this time around. So, do you get paid to live life? No. I mean, I'm working, but I don't consider that living life. I consider that a necessity. Working or working it? Both. Working, working it is for fun, though. <laughs> but the working part is just necessity. Speaking of getting worked, uh-huh. this episode, I feel like they were either trying to demonstrate how people were getting worked or they were trying to work us. Right. And I think maybe a little bit of both happened. I agree. I mean, in, I don't, I don't, I'm not yet sure how to feel about this episode. I mean, if we get more episodes like this, there'll certainly be blood in the streets. Oh, there'll be blood everywhere. <laughs> blood There's everywhere. usually blood everywhere when I'm done. So, <laughs> Well, I mean, the first time. <laughs> the first time. Uh, then you start to get calluses. and What? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> are we not talking about the same thing? I don't, I don't, I don't know how we could be. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. All right, let's get this started. Did you start? Did I haven't started yet. It? No. We'll, we'll st- oh. We're hitting Start it. We're hitting play now. You know how I don't like to wait. I'm very impatient. I do. You're not into this whole foreplay thing. It's my boat. <laughs> Let me go over the rules for you. This is my boat. All right. So we kind of pick up pretty much where we left off last week. I feel that not a lot of time has passed. No, it's pretty immediate. I, I feel like Madison and Travis are back on the same page because that question was asked last episode. He didn't know where they were going. I feel like they're getting they're not completely on on the same page, maybe, but yeah, more of on the same page. Yeah, I mean, I think they're trying to understand what each other wants, and maybe back to kind of having common goals. But I don't know if they're trusting the same people. All right, so the episode opens with a naked Nick. What the hell was going on there? I don't know what's going on there. Um, <laughs> it was weird. It was weird. And I, you were like, well, how did we get here? And that, I think that's one of the problems I have with this episode is the timeline. I, I'm like, a, I like linear. I like linear. I don't like show. I don't like it when you show me the end and then show me how we got there. Always, mm-hmm. especially in the walking dead. I'm like, we're early enough in the story. Just, just go with the story. Just show me the timeline. Let's go in a row. So I couldn't quite figure out what, what, in the, what in the hell is Nick doing? Right. And, and why, why did he have to be naked? And why did he have to be naked? Well, it's easier to swim without your clothes. This is a I mean, known fact. There's very few things that aren't more fun to do naked, except for maybe cook bacon. But. Well, even then. It's not more fun to do naked. You got to be careful, dude. Well, somebody's got to lick the grease off. Uh, okay. What if, if cooking bacon naked alone? Or. How about y- that? Or. <laughs> Why would you cook? <laughs> no, I mean, what? Why, why else would you do it naked if you're not alone? I don't know. Because when you're when you're done, you're pre-greased. Mm, mm, time for twist. Where'd the helicopter come from? Right, and that's then, what I want. And then the bay, there's <laughs> searchlights everywhere. And well, it's, that's that flotilla. It's just weird. That's that flotilla. Yeah. Does that mean there's some government action going on? I don't know if it's government action or like a group. Of people that have kind of banded together. I'm not really sure what's happening there. And this large fence and then a tent community. Well, and it, okay, and it says in big uh, letters. stick letters. <laughs> I, I was trying to think of the word stick. I was like, okay, brain, fetch the word what for are, stick. What are these? Part Go. Of, part of a tree. <laughs> it's no longer part of a tree. Fell I've off. Had a rough day. What's been going on? I don't know. I think I had a stroke. Oh, that's not good. So my speech is a little impaired. I'm not making fun of anyone that's actually had a stroke no, no, and no, their no. speech is impaired. I'm just saying my brain's not working correctly. So the tent I, community is abandoned. Uh, very much so. But what I did like about this is uh, one thing I appreciate about Nick, like him, hate him, whatever. I love the fact that he is so emotionally even keeled. He's the most 
even killed emotionally outside of Strand than oh, any yeah. of them. Because, I mean, he's not phased by this shit. He's no. just like, well, fuck it, you know, whatever. I'm just going to walk over here. I'm going to make some he noise. Throws, yeah, he makes noise. To attract And him. throws the thing to attra- to distract the zombie, but not really, because then he just walks up. Yeah, he say, just wants hey. to get, get a head start on yeah. it. Yeah. And then walks it over to a tent. And we know that tent is not really... Adequate protection from a walker. No. We've seen this can, happen before. They can gnaw right through that. <laughs> well, I mean, tents are not the most sturdy thing. They if they can gnaw through your abdomen right. while you're still alive, they can gnaw through mesh. And I, lo- I love the fact that he just he's, he just gets up on him. Right. Grabs him by the... the grabs him under the, right under, under the chair. He could have easily been bitten. Sure, but he didn't care. He didn't give up. He, didn't and he just kind of looked at him a little bit and then whap, right in the yeah. head. And no, he just, holds him. And watches and he the gazes light. into his gaze into my eyes. Have you ever watched? No, never mind. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> As I put the knife slowly in, like in Saving Private Ryan. Like in Saving Private Ryan. That's the worst. That's my most uncomfortable scene in like any movie. Um, it's up there. It is in my top five for sure. Yeah, for sure. I remember seeing it in the theater, just being like, "Oh my god!" Um, mm, mm, nope, mm. it's not okay. Done with this. And what I also love is that he just goes to work. He he's learned a new trick. He's learned that if he covers himself with the gore, that they can't, that they can't. They don't know he's alive. They don't. Yeah, exactly. They'll leave him alone. And they there. I feel like so far in this series, they're learning things quicker than they did in the main series. Do you think that's a plot, uh, like to help move the plot along? Because we all know it at home. Or do you think they're just brighter people? Oh, I, I don't. I, I think people are people. Mm. Although I think, I think you could make the argument that in different parts of the country, life is slower in general. Sure. And so it's not that you're not as intelligent as this is. Since it's not as fast paced, maybe you don't aren't forced into situations where you have to put two and two together quickly. Yeah. Quickly. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Sure. You know, I'm trying to. Mm-hmm. Not dig myself into a hole here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I did well. Yeah, thank you, Georgia. <laughs> uh, but no, they learned. They've learned. Um, they've learned that uh, that, that trick. It. And then everybody, yes, they've learned that already. Because later in the episode, Madison's talking to the young lady that's pregnant. Yeah. And what if it hasn't? What if your fetus is dead? Oh, you got a and, you got a baby walker, and it's yet. just going to gnaw its way out, mm. and then. Floss's teeth on your innards. That's right. That so, umbilical cord, it's going to hang you with that. I don't know why the baby would have had teeth while it was in utero, but it happens. It just gums it, gum you to death. Well, technically, we have the teeth. They're just not through the gums yet, mm. right? And so as, baby teeth. as the body starts to decay, the teeth will become visible. Didn't the, wasn't the baby born a zombie in Dawn of the Dawn of the Dead remake by Zack Snyder? I don't I remember. Think. That sounds like something Snyder would do. <laughs> uh, Snyder. Uh, we love you. Yeah. Batman versus Superman was stillborn. Sorry, bud. You know, <laughs> what are you going to do? It wasn't even zombified. <laughs> no, it was just dead. Yeah. DOA. So, I mean, I think that's a pretty good opening for the show because we don't know exactly what's happened, why Nick is out there what he and doing what he's doing, what his mission is. Maybe he left the boat. Maybe he's the only one to survive from the boat. There's some questions that you're asking. Well, I didn't ask that question. I mean, that, that would make sense to me if, if oh, he's sure. the only one that would survive. Oh, everybody's dead? Let me take all my fucking clothes off and, <laughs> and swim to shore. And put them in this watertight this, bag <laughs> that just happened to be laying around. Oh no no no! That's what the logbook from the other boat was in, right? You know, so he had it handy. Oh yeah, absolutely. Maybe he's wearing it as a fanny pack, and so, <laughs> and we just didn't know. Well, yeah, you know, kids today and their clear backpacks. I got to see what's in your backpack. I can't have you running around school with any paraphernalia. Well, absolutely, we had that. We had to. We didn't have really to clear our mesh. You could have a mesh backpack, which mesh was, backpack. Yeah. Wow. So like the air hits everything. Oh, people sure. can smell what kind of sandwich you have. Oh, yeah. Well, you you'd put that. You'd leave that shit in your locker, like your put your sandwich in the locker. Your lunch. Let me. You brought it in like a. Lunch. Oh, you had a lunchbox with yeah. like ice pack type thing. Sure. Fancy. Well, I had the same lunch every day for high school. Oh, you at least you got lunch. <laughs> That's true. Oh. And I sat by my locker all alone. I bet you did. 
in my in my sixty nine inch cuff pants, you know. And I so. grew up to be a podcaster. <laughs> That's right. So that I can talk, have I now, and, and I have something to talk about. Right now, <laughs> now I just I still sit in the room by myself, but instead of watching, I talk. So since your Wi Fi sucks, it's not the worst Wi Fi in the world. Oh, I think it is. It's up there. I, th- I think it qualifies. I don't know. I wh- think it's on the nominated form. See, and I don't understand why, because I never have problems with it unless I'm watching AMC. Uh, and I turned my stuff off. So. I did too. Everything is off. Everything so let's just talk about the episode. Okay. So we, we learn more about Strand. We do. I mean, I feel like this story is more, this episode is more of his backstory. It's basically the whole episode is about him. Right? Uh, essentially. Yeah. Essentially, I think there's more. There's a little bit more to it than that. Uh, well, yeah. I, I mean, I, I mean, I'll throw out there that I think this episode is giving us a taste of something I mentioned maybe a couple of episodes ago. Sure. Where my my hope was that they would explore this concept of class warfare, and I think we certainly got a taste of that in this because you know Thomas Abigail and. Uh, Strand different but same, Luis sure. same kind of bucket, but all three of them way different than Madison Travis and their group. Oh uh, yeah, and then even different from this new guy Connor, mm-hmm. which I guess we'll call them pirates, and they're 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 folks that came came a calling came call on the Abigail. Yeah, uh, so there's there's definitely a difference between all of those groups, and it's interesting. Now, again, I don't think it's something that we've really seen or explored before. There haven't really been anyone in, in any of the series that had money, you know, and money wasn't really something that was a big issue because we were far enough into where fucking you know money didn't money didn't matter. It didn't anymore, yeah, yeah. you know, and just because you had it. Yeah. Well, okay. Great. You got fucking paper. I'm sure some of the people now I got something to wipe my ass with. Right. Some of the people that <laughs> that are on the show and in, in the group had money beforehand, mm-hmm. but yeah, it doesn't mean shit now. Yeah, and it, it's there. There's certainly a, this idea of equalization, but I think we're early enough in the apocalypse and the attitudes, certainly of say the Thomas Abigails of the world, which we learn that's obviously where the boat got its name. Yes, Abigail. Uh, I mean, he made statements like, I take it for granted sometimes, right? Sure. And, yeah. and it's just, it's just him having money and not wanting for anything. It just, that's just how he was. That's how he lived. That was his life. And, uh, uh, and the, the type of people that you surround yourself with, uh, what that, what kind of attitudes that breeds. And I think that kind of rubs off on Louise, who was brought up with him because his mom worked uh, on the maid staff there. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just interesting. It's interesting concept of uh, these guys that they've, they've got all these provisions and it's almost like they kind of had a plan in place while they didn't necessarily know that a zombie apocalypse would occur. They had, they had contingency plans. I also found it interesting that early in the episode, we've got Madison and Travis having a discussion as to what they're going to do about Strand. Well, I mean, that's it's important because of all the people that they've been with, he's, they've been with him the shortest. They know the least about him. He's the most controlling. He's the most who, he, he, he's the one who treats them the worst. He treats them like the help because he's used to having help. So they're just trying to decide what can we do with him? Do we need him? How long will we need him? I mean, those are all valid questions because if someone doesn't have usefulness in your group, they're really just dead weight. So. I think they're trying to Travis and some of them are really thinking, is he worth having around or not? Yeah. I mean, I think the part of the plan is dump this son of a bitch overboard. You know, I, I think, yeah. And, and Travis was really struggling with, Hey, I put those kids on and, the raft and he that just was cut them and let them go. Yeah. But exactly. Which Madison had to, console him yeah like, not in the way that she would like to right. of course because he, that that time has passed he's in no mood for that right now oh no 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 no, no mood no. for that right now uh so he blames himself for that he shouldn't he shouldn't because they were not going to let him on the boat anyway he was the one that came up with a plan that was going to at least allow them to be drug behind the abigail right for a little while for well yeah. and well he didn't know that was going to happen i mean and but, at least they got supplies out of it they have water and a little bit of food. true so true they're in a better situation than they were 
uh, for that time. Sure. And so now I have to wonder, do we think that we're going to see them again uh, because they more than likely they've been captured by this group of pirates as well? I would think that we'd see them again. I mean, after all the work they put in the Flight 462 series, that'd be really dumb for them just to show up one mm-hmm. episode and, you know, because she's a badass. She really is yeah. a badass. Yeah, and we... We desperately need a badass, and Chris would like to be that badass, but his scene with Ophelia in this episode, I'm like, dude, fuck, come on. She's lobbing softballs up for you. What she's basically saying is, if you want, we can go downstairs, and you don't have to inspect my bullet wound. You can expect other orifices. (laughs) That's right. And he just, I mean, he just, ugh. Typical teenager, dumb teenager, doesn't get it. It's like, come on, man. She wants to show you some things. When she says that she made a lot, she went to Catholic school and made a lot of bad choices and bad decisions. Your question should be, and what, and what might those have been? Right. What, what (laughs) would you care to show me? (laughs) Do tell. Why don't we give me some more detail? Okay. And then this group that just snuck up on them. Should I shoot them? Um, Should I shoot them? Well, you should at least tell them to not get any closer or you'll shoot them. Right. Like, come stay on, there. Dumbass. Stay there. I'm here on, if you come any closer, I'm going to shoot you. And he did not. I mean, that. why is he on watch? I don't uh, understand why those two are on watch. Well, I feel like you'd always have one adult and one younger person. Well, clearly. Well, I, I think Ophelia counts as an adult. Okay. Granted. <laughs> one adult that's not afraid to shoot somebody. I would agree with that. Especially at night. Right. If you're going to have somebody, well, of course, you only need watch uh, at, at night. night. Yeah. Technically. Well, I mean, they have radar, so it's, you sh- but I mean, I guess you're not going to pick Jon Snow would have shot the shit out of them. Oh, twice. I'm just saying. Twice. And then he'd come <laughs> back alive. Well, whoops, spoilers. <laughs> He's alive? Yeah. Snow's alive? <laughs> you know who's not alive anymore? <laughs> Old Roos. Oh, no. Roos is in trouble. Oh, wait. he should have ate it a long time ago, though. <laughs> yeah. yeah he's they, kinda... What, they don't follow the books down there? No, 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 no. Yeah. He's kind of a dick. Anyway. So, uh, Strand, <laughs> he goes and he finds his gun, and he's like, that stupid <laughs> motherfucker. Oh, that's what he would have said. This was on said. HU and HBO. <laughs> he would have said some choice words. Oh, where's my clip? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what did you think when they showed up? Did you like? Did you think they were really in need, or like, oh, this is a setup? These people. Oh, oh no, come on, we've yeah, seen these, enough of these shows of before. Course. Of course, it was a setup. Yeah, we and, knew at some point the ending. What was a couple of couple episodes ago? We're coming for you. We're coming for you. We knew that had to. We, we had to resolve that plot thread. So Abraham would be proud because his his ass would not be itching. Because loose ends, right. uh, in that regard, were tied up. So, oh, but I mean, Alicia, she recognizes that was. I thought that was fascinating. Where she's down below deck and she's listening. She's like, "That sounds like." So wait a minute. I know that voice. That sounds like my friend. How do I know that? My voice? good buddy Jack. Yeah, and, and then sure she enough, Jack whap. And then mm. that's when uh, I, you knew it was coming, but it was a little surprising still that she would recognize the voice and then. I think that made their plan go into action a little quicker than they wanted to. I think they wanted us to believe that the because they had a pregnant chick, it was going to be okay. Sure. I think they wanted us to believe because this, uh, what's his name? Jack? No, the, the kid. Is that Jesse McCarthy? Yeah. That douchebag? He can't sing. No. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he does a great Theodore Seville. Sure. And is a great uh, in all those. Uh, Alvin and the Chipmunks? Well, no. He, yes, he was in all those, but he was also the one of the male fairies in all the Tinkerbell movies. Really? Yeah. I've never seen the Tinkerbell movie. Well, you have boys. Exactly. So. <laughs> never once have I seen a Tinkerbell movie. Uh, people were losing their mind. I thought he, I actually, uh, I don't know who the motherfucker is, so I don't care. Yeah, whatever. Uh, I thought. I thought all, out of all of them, I thought he was like the most legitimate from a threat perspective because yeah. he felt like he was just edgy enough that you didn't know what he was going to do. He, yeah, he's on the edge of crazy. Yeah, 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 for yeah. Sure. yeah. 
for sure. The others, like the pregnant chick, I mean, they they, they throw that in there. It's like, oh, no, they're going to be fine because this has got a pregnant. If you've got a pregnant girl in the group, yeah, yeah it's going to be fine. <laughs> no, it's fine. And I mean, and she's willing to cut herself and make it look like she's bleeding everywhere. Yeah. So good well, for but her. she was bit. Yeah. So. So, and then they see Strand getting away and Jack is like, doesn't want to shoot him. It's like, oh, I can't do it. So the other dude's like, oh, <laughs> I got this. And Not a, bit, a problem. And he pulls and he hits the raft. You can't tell at first if he hits whoever's in the raft. You well, he just yeah, is. he just falls over. So where did the raft come from? How did how did he sneak out without being detected? That how, where did that come from? Isn't that their raft that they came on? Maybe that's what it looked like because their skiff is black normally. So I think that's their blue raft. So he got down there somehow. Yeah, well, I mean, there's there's got to be a back ways and well, ways it, around. It, it was night. It was, and he's wearing all black. Right. So he is. He always wears all black. (laughs) (laughs) So glad I stopped myself from what I was about to say. We'd have got all kinds of mail on that one. (laughs) No, we'd have added that shit out. We would have. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, I think he stuck down and took their raft. And that's why, and that's why they never leave the boat to go get Connor or anything like that because they're unable to leave. Yeah, I don't know. Just it him escaping that way, right? It just I don't know. I mean, and they heard it really quick. It, I don't think he turned on the engine, if I remember correctly. No, no. Well, there wasn't one. Yeah, so he's just yeah, he's, he's just, just paddling. paddling. Well, what he should have done was floated away. That's kind of what I would have done. Get a little further away, at least out of pistol range, <laughs> <laughs> to where they can see you at nighttime, and then then maybe paddle. So let's let's talk a little bit about Strand's backstory because I think sure. I think it's no secret that well, first of all, I'm seeing a lot of people write reviews and tweeting that this is the best episode of the series so far. And I'm gonna go ahead and just disagree with that. Strongly. I I, I liked it, but it wasn't great. What were their reasonings for it being? Oh no 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 no! That's not how that's not how this works. You just either think something's great for no reason. You don't have no. You don't have to have back it up in any way. No, <laughs> I, I'm perplexed. I'm trying to figure out why. I, I, I it just I wouldn't say it felt uneven. I love the opening. I I like the fact that we're kind of tying a few things together, and sure. I like the fact that. I, they've set up something nice for the next couple of episodes. You know, there's only three episodes left before the mid-season finale. Yeah. So I think we're going to start running into that. We've got to kind of get things. we got to tie some things up and tie some up things, things up and set some things yeah. up. So that, that mid-season finale will be big, will be big and makes yeah. a lot of sense. Sure. And so I, I don't know. I, I didn't dislike Strand's backstory, but I I don't know I don't know what I was expecting or what I was hoping for. Well, it really makes me change my opinion of him. Yes, and I I will agree with that. And and it doesn't because okay, let me let me see if I can pinpoint this. You go into it. We've gone into the first uh, nine episodes. Well, this is the ninth episode. No, yeah. I'm sorry, the tenth episode. We've gone nine episodes. And he's been in, he he came in the last, what, last two? Last two. He's okay. been in, this is his sixth episode. Okay. The whole time, he's just a badass. We liked him. Yeah. But now, our opinion has to change based on this new evidence. And is he any less of a badass? I guess is the first question I would ask. I would say yes. Why? Well, I thought his motivation for wanting to get to Mexico was more dastardly than maybe it is. And then also to, to see what he does for a living, it's basically just use people, you know. And I he's think he's a con man. He's a con man, and I thought for sure he was like a legitimate businessman, maybe running with a dangerous crowd. And I think that makes you a badass if you can be successful in a world where you run with like these with other sharks and you're like the alpha shark. I'm like, yeah, shit. I'm, I am jealous of that. But to mm-hmm. hear like, you know, uh. I waited till people had really shitty things happen to him, and I went and took advantage of him uh, because I'm a dick. You know, that's, it makes me change my opinion of him as a person for sure. But he can—he is capable of doing some things that are non-dickish. Sure, absolutely. So, so there's certainly some depth that's being added. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but I would agree that the sheen on his badassery has dulled. Oh, absolutely. And I'm fine with him being vulnerable and him being more of a human being. That's great. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's great. But I feel like they maybe pulled back the curtain a little too much. Too much? Yeah. Hmm. But that could just be me. That's possible. Yeah. I mean, and I I don't know. I, I I, I, that's one of the reasons I struggle with this episode is like <laughs> cool. Like, cause we've seen a little bit of everybody else's progression and because we've been with them longer and we've seen them actually go through more stuff, but we haven't seen, like, we don't know what happened with Madison in the past. No, we know that there's something shitty going on. Right. And what we actually, we, they advanced that because strand flat out told her you're not a killer. Right. Oh, but she is. Oh, Oh, but she is somehow. So. Yeah, we, we we learned that in this episode. So I just felt like it was a weird first character choice to do like a whole backstory of why he is who he is and what he's doing. Hmm. And I get maybe it's to tell the story and give us a plot point of why they're heading where they're heading and why that's the destination for him. Indeed, them, but felt like a little much. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it it was just weird. It was weird. I don't know. I don't know what I was expecting. I mean, he loses everything. I, I think him losing everything in Katrina kind of took me out of the moment a little bit because well, it's that like it's home for us. It does hit home for us, especially in, in in this area. And and so while I felt like maybe that should have resonated more because we're familiar with all the fallout that came with that, and I can mm-hmm. certainly empathize with him losing everything, mm-hmm. but. A, I didn't, for whatever reason, I didn't like the fact that they tied it to the real, to my real reality. Real, yeah. You know, because then I was like, well, but you know, I know that you don't have zombie movies in your reality. And so it kind of, it, but yet you're acknowledging Katrina in your reality. Is and, this the first real world event that they've tied to The Walking Dead? Uh, I, I, you know, it, I, I think it might be. Someone's going to correct us if we're wrong. Oh, I'm asking. Like, I can't I think can't of one think, off the top of I, my head. I can't head. think of anything off the top of my head either. And I didn't research it. It's just a question. That no, I, I, know. I didn't either. I think it's a good question, though. I can't. Th- I cannot think of anything that has tied back to, because I don't, I don't think they ever talked about 9-11 or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to think of anything big, because logically you would think it'd be, well, whether it'd be like a presidential assassination yeah. or a big tragedy or something like that, I think this might be the first one. I think that's a good thing to research now. Yeah. Uh, because now, now I am curious. Because they never watch TV or anything in, in the normal Walking Dead. So, like, they're watching TV, listening to the radio when this well, episode Okay, hold so. on. Uh, Glenn did mention a video game. Oh, he did. In that, I'm trying to remember which one it is. It's, uh, I don't. But like, damn, I can't remember. But I mean, Katrina was a big, massive national right. news event, and I don't feel. I feel like this may be the first time they talked about it. I don't want to belabor the point. No. I just it just kind of like took temporarily took me out of the moment. Sure. For and, it, and maybe it's just me. Right. No, I get it. So, um, I, I what'd you think about? And then right after that, he he gets Abigail drunk and then steals his credit cards. Yeah, I mean. I don't know. I don't. I just was hoping maybe he was a little more nefarious, a little yeah. more edgy. Well, I mean, because that's not a that's not a good thing to do. Obviously, that's stealing. <laughs> Obviously, but how? I mean, it sets up his character for why he'd be successful in a time like this because he doesn't give a shit about other people. He's just going to take what he wants and do what he wants with it. But it feels like it's a non-confrontational don't give a shit about people. Sure. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm going to get you drunk and take your shit. Yeah. Because like a man would be like, I'm just fucking punch you in the face and take your shit. Right. Whereas he's going to, I'm going to get you drunk take advantage of you right. or I'm going to wait until you're already weak and kick you while you're down, right. talk to you and be nice to your face. And I think maybe that's the biggest, that's the thing. Maybe that's the thing that we learn is that his weapon, his, his weapon of choice is his tongue because sure. he can talk his way into and mm-hmm. out of anything. Uh, and so then it makes me a little concerned for, uh, I mean, obviously he, he held his own last season when he fought off some walkers, but he did, but now I'm, uh, now I'm like starting to question how well is he going to hold his own if like they really had to throw down. 
Well, because like even on the boat, I know he didn't have his AR, but they didn't know he was there. Yeah. He could have gotten the drop on one of them that had a gun, taken their gun, and then proceeded to rescue the rest of the people and kick those people off his boat. Instead, he told Nick to go, and then he bailed. It's going to be interesting because I'm I'm predicting that the first time he has to take a life, it's going to be a little bit of a struggle for him. Oh, I'm sure. Which, if I wouldn't have gotten this backstory, I would have never thought twice. Mm-hmm. And so maybe that's the point. Maybe that's the point. Maybe they want to lead us to that conclusion, and that's fine. I just didn't enjoy the journey. No. Well, because I thought he was such a good character, and I really liked where he was going, and I'm less excited about his character now. Yeah. but I did like the introduction of uh, Abigail. Yes. Uh, I like Dugray Scott. Who doesn't like Dugray Scott? Well, I think a lot of people don't recognize him. They're like, well, where have I seen that guy before? Right. He was the ma- he was a villain in Mission Impossible 2. Yes. He was um, Prince Henry? Prince Henry in... Ever after with Drew Barrymore was he? Yeah, mm-hmm. he he's been in a lot of other sure. I mean, you've seen stuff him here and there, yeah. but I think the most important thing was that he was tabbed to play Wolverine, but Mission Impossible Two ran long, oh, and so they had to replace him with Hugh Jackman. That's okay. That's, I feel like, I feel like Hugh Jackman is in a good job with that role. And something else he was in caused him to not be able to take over the James Bond role for. Pierce Brosnan. Well, he could do it now. <laughs> you know, because Daniel Craig has said he's done. Yeah. So. Well, but Idris Elba, you know, he, the, room, the rumor is. Whatever, that's fine. Oh, yeah. And I'd be fine with that, too. Uh, sure. So for whatever reason, Nick feels inclined to mimic the movements of the walkers, or do we think it's because he enjoys it so? I think he enjoys <laughs> it, but I think also he's just trying to be extra careful. Because he's only had one and instance he, where he's had the blood all over him, and it worked. So he's like, oh, I'm going to try to walk like one, too. He not. really got it in good this time, though. Boy, did he. Man. He did. How many shirts is he going to ruin? <laughs> Who cares? He goes from wearing the same thing for weeks on end to, well. <laughs> I, <laughs> well, they did find all that luggage. They did. So I'm sure they took Mac suitcases and suitcases full of shit. I got shit all over my captain's uniform. And when he's that skinny, you can wear whatever you want. Who cares? Nobody cares. I mean, if you can wear an adult small, an adult XL is definitely going to fit. It's the apocalypse. (laughs) Just tie a rope around your waist. It's fine. That's right. Put the little like bow knot on the side, like they did in the 80s, you know? Bow knot on the side. Well, you like you tie a knot in the side of your shirt? I was thinking just a, a piece of rope, like Ellie Mae Clampett in the Beverly Hills. There you go. Why not? That would work, too. But why waste the rope? But when you can just tie the shirt. But yeah. As long as that had, like, a slip knot in it, though. Yeah. You know, I don't need to be fumbling with no <laughs> I'm with square knot. No, no, no. I got uh-uh. to get this off fast. <laughs> got to get this off fast, you know, because I'm about to go swim naked. So it's got to get it in my little watertight bag. So Nick was going uh, to going to this, uh, not preserve, but development. Yes. To meet Strand's associate. Well, we didn't know that. We didn't know that, but his, his Louise. Yeah. Once he pulled out the little note, though, you're like, oh, he's on a mission. Strand must have sent him somewhere. What do you think about this character, Louise? I'm not sure how to feel about him. Mm-hmm. He seems like he's more capable mm-hmm. than Strand or Abigail. And maybe he's their friend because he is capable. And he's the one that would do the dirty work. Well, he grew up with Thomas. Yes. Because his mom was on the maid staff. Right. And he certainly has a taste for the finer things. And, you know, he hey, does. I don't, you're not getting that shit all over my leather. Right. That, that was so ridiculous. <laughs> it's so like, ridiculous. Really? And, and Nick was like, what? Are you going to take it on the boat? Yeah. I mean, we're just going to drive down here and you're going to, that's the last time you're going to see it, right? We're going to see this car. He's so, like, uh, I don't care. Go use the last <laughs> of the water pressure to clean yourself off. A little uh, weird, but I mean, yeah, I like, I, I think I'm going to like his character. I think so too. They're in the boat. And when Nick looks to the binoculars to see that there's other people on the boat that don't belong to them, Luis gets out the rifle, yeah, scopes it up. And then ask him simply, 
are they with you or not? No. Okay. Oh, no? Boom, dropped him. Pow, pow. Yeah. Headshots. Yeah. He didn't hesitate. He asked didn't, no. Didn't the only question to. he asked is, are they with you? No? Skadoosh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got this. I got And so, yeah, I like his character. And then the introduction of him with Thomas. And mm-hmm. he walks in. He's like, Strand. Can we come in? Can we come Thank you. And then him, he disagrees with Thomas because he's like, this dude stole from you and you're just going to let him off. I'm not letting him off. I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely not. I've obligated you. And obligation but, is a word that I don't enjoy. Really? I, Why I is that? It, it, I feel like it has such a negative connotation because when I feel like obligation is a word you use when you don't want to do it, but you have to. Yeah, and so I, I think that's a lot of what this episode. Oh, was they about. they used it properly. They yeah. absolutely did. Mm-hmm. But I just hate feeling obligated. Like, oh, I so I feel so obligated to do this, but I don't want but, to. But why would you ever feel obligated? That's just the way I'm wired. Huh? Do you feel obligated to do this show? No, I enjoy doing this show. It's different. This is something that I enjoy doing. But mm-hmm. obligation would be like. I have to go to work today. <laughs> <laughs> Are you obligated because they pay you? Exactly. You need to learn to get over that. Well, you I know, mean, they can never pay you enough for your time. Oh, that's absolutely true. Nobody can. But well, that's not true. Somebody probably could, but they don't. Hmm. I, I don't know. Just, you know, when you're at work, you feel obligated to do a good job and to work your hardest. Really? I do. I don't feel that way. Oh, I absolutely do. Like, uh, I, you'll get over it. <laughs> <laughs> time, will, time will get you over that. The man will wear you down. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm really going to need you to come in. Fuck that. Like, I'm going to need you to go ahead well, and come well, on well, on Sunday as well. well. Yeah, no. <laughs> well, I mean, what's the worst they can do? Let you go? Exactly. Fine. Yeah. Hey, you know what I always say? I was looking for a job when I found this one. Yep. So fuck these guys. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. Kids can eat peanut butter sandwiches for a little while. Yeah. Rice yeah. and beans. No yeah. big deal. And I'm not above working at, you know, I can go flip burgers for a while if I can't find oh, a job. Oh, I don't know about that. Uh, I've done it before. It's not that bad. So, you know, a strand was hang- clinging to dear life on the raft. That is deflating. This deflating quickly. <laughs> yeah. He's trying to. I guess put the battery back in the sat phone. Yes. I guess hypothermia was starting to set into you. I, f- I could feel his desperation. You absolutely you could. could you, and it was, it was weird because it's like, man, I never, I never expected to get that from his character. Um, yeah. They're showing a lot of vulnerability with him. This episode. Yeah. And I feel like, man, this has to be set up for something that's coming right, coming down the road, maybe sooner rather than later. Because it just felt like to to take take a character and do like a what I would consider well, it wasn't a one eighty because it wasn't real time, right? Well, it's like they they took away the facade. The facade is the veneer is cracked. The facade is gone. Mm. Now we know what's behind this wall. They really did peel back the curtain. They did, mm. and. You know, you talk about how obligation was like the main theme of this episode. He is obligated now to Madison Travis, all those people, Mm -hmm. even more so than he was before. And I don't think that's what he wanted. Oh, no. No, no, no. And consequently, uh, Alicia is obligating herself to these interlopers. Willingly. Yeah. Really? I mean I mean she's going in deliberately playing along. And so what is her strategy? I don't well, know. She wants her, her family strategy. to be safe. And yeah. so Jack tells her that well Connor listens to me. Yeah. To and a point. You'll be you'll be fine. Well what about my family? Connor listens to me. I'm like, bitch. <laughs> Did you just hear what he just said? (laughs) What he's saying is, you can come, but that's a Connor listens to me. Yeah. That's code for not a chance in hell. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, and he has a valid point. He's like, we have limited resources. We're out on the water. It's not like we can take care of all you people. So I can bring you because you might be of use to us because you're of childbearing age. (laughs) No. Yeah, I couldn't quite figure out. I guess Travis because he could get the he got the shit uh, boat started, right? And Alicia, yeah, I don't know. 
I don't know. Why why were the other people not useful? I don't understand. Because I would think I would think that all able bodied people, as long as you could control them, would be useful. Absolutely. I mean everybody every one of them could contribute in some way. But But we don't know what his plan is. We don't know what we don't know who these people are. We don't know what his philosophy is. We we understand that he's highly intelligent. Sure. But what was uh what did Reed Reed was Jesse McCarthy's character? What did yeah. Reed say? Uh he was uh gutless. gutless. Is, that, is that the word? Yeah, that he, he used? hasn't quite adapted to this world. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. Well, so I, I mean, want to see how that plays out. I mean, it's just like the I don't know if that meant that he was afraid to get blood on his hands or if he was afraid to handle things, you know, in a vicious, violent way. Hmm. Which you kind of have to do in this world. Sometimes things need to be violent. Sometimes you need to be vicious to handle things and make sure that the threat that is now facing you is no longer a threat. What do you think about the group basically kind of banding together and being a united front? I think that's good for them. I feel like they haven't had to work together in a while, especially in a dangerous situation. So all of them working together, Madison distracting uh, Daniel trying to get out and do something he can. Ophelia helping out Madison when he could. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Travis uh, going. Travis take. I don't think Travis needed to go below deck. Oh, absolutely not. Um, so him getting the crowbar mm-hmm. uh, to bring it back up. Yeah, thought that was pretty good. Good for him. You know they, they're working together and they're they're trying to do everything they can to escape before she gets really bad. Because when there's just three of them, if one of us gets out, we have them outnumbered. Right. But if they bring help, we, ooh, we're in S- trouble. Screwed. Oh, we're so in trouble because they have guns and we don't, if we don't get out, we're, we're dead. I liked it though. It's kind of a nice, nice to see them working together. What'd you think? No, I think it's necessary. I think I think that's certainly going to be set up for going forward as well. I think they need to be there. They needed to have something like this to unite them. Uh, obviously, with Travis and Alicia being kidnapped. Yes, uh, there at the end, uh, a bit of a cliffhanger, if you will. <laughs> not really, kind of, sort of. I mean, is but it isn't. I mean, yeah. whatever. They're not in any real danger, but it gives them something to do. Obviously, we need to go get them. We need to go save them. So it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. It's like, okay, because you've got Strand and Louise. They obviously have their plan. They got to get go somewhere. They and do. None of these people were included or are accounted for, never were part of the plan. Which I mean, you find out. Yeah. How did that make you feel? You didn't... Well, you didn't. He, you didn't see that coming. No, well, absolutely, you did. But what did you think Strand's plan for them was? See, that's you know, I'm not. I'm not sure. Maybe he just didn't want to make the boat ride by himself because he knew there was there's strength in numbers. Well, what is he going to do with them? Like now that he's going into Mexico, is he going to give him the boat? Sure, that's fine. Okay, you've got a boat. Maybe go. Here's this boat. Be on your way. Maybe, and that's fine. But. I, I I'm with you. Like it wasn't a shock to hear that Strand was like, oh yeah yeah. Well, he uh, only one. Me and Strand are the only ones that are going. He left some information out. Yeah, I don't know. So just a more revelation of a character, Strand, that I'm not really thrilled about. Not surprised, but not thrilled. Hmm. But now they have they've got to go rescue. Uh, a couple of people. Yes, they so do. So you're going to have people, you're going to have two of them saying, oh, no, no, we're going over here and y'all are on your own. So I, I don't know. Do you think they'll go as a group? I think so. I think so. I too. think they have to. I think, I think Strand is going to feel obligated to them now because yeah. Madison pulled him out of the water. Yeah, they could have let him drown. Yeah. I mean, again, it opened with him, with Travis and Madison discussing how they were going to get rid of him. Right. And then ended with Madison saving him. Right. So I think I think that's going to obligate him to them. Sure, absolutely. Maybe well, for like the one shot. All right, fine. I'll go help you rescue these two knuckleheads, and then but then we're done. Yeah, then I am done with you. I don't know. Um, I think that I think that'd be interesting to see like some on the sea piracy, like trying to infiltrate another boat and then. How do you water? do that? How do you do that? How do you without steel equipment? I don't really know. I don't. I mean, I get being stealthy and sneaking up uh, on someone on land, 
But how do you sneak up on someone? I guess you have to do it at night. Of course. Because you can't do it during the day. No. Because um, they would see you coming. Oh, just <laughs> miles away. <laughs> it's something to hide behind. There's no cover. But you know that someone's going to be... Uh, oh, they're going to have a watch. lookout. Well, maybe they'll be as ineffective as... Uh, Chris? Yes, yeah, Chris was. <laughs> should I shoot him? Should I shoot him? little piece of advice. If you have to ask, someone should be dead. Mm. That actually was the smartest thing I heard in the old episode. <laughs> so, by and large, not... I, not I feel my, like we're struggling to find good things about it. I, I think we are, too. And I think maybe we should try to wrap it up because... I'm fine with it. I, I don't know if I can stretch out... I, I Like I said, I liked it because I felt like there was some adequate, adequate tension in the moments where they were... Sure. Being, they were held captive in the cabin... But I kind of just hope for more out of the Strand backstory. Well, I have a question for yeah. you about Strand, and okay. then I feel like we can sure. wrap it up. What do you think his ultimate motivation for getting back to Mexico is? Is it to be with the people that he loves, or is it to be with, or is it to be safe for himself? Do you think love and any of that has anything to do with it, or is it just about self-preservation? I think I think ultimately it's about self, self-preservation. I think... I. I think that the revelation that he's gay really was no big deal no. to me. No. Who, you know, I, I felt like I felt like if they wanted that to be a big revelation in the last third of the episode. They hinted then, at it way too much in the first Exactly. Third. I mean in, in their first meeting in the bar. I it was mean, quite flirtatious. They are nose to nose. It was quite flirtatious. Yeah. I I yeah. And so I it's like, yeah, something's going on there, right? Yeah. I, I almost think that, well, again, self-preservation is the most important thing to him. Absolutely. But Abigail loves him, and I don't think he loves him back the way that Abigail loves him because sure. Thomas Abigail looks at him in the eye and says, I love you. Yeah. And he Strand says, I'll be right back. Yeah. Right. And so it was a very Tara Denise moment. <laughs> and, yeah. and it's like, uh, except, well, that's a whole different scenario. But <laughs> that's a very different. But scenario. but it kind of have an echo of that. Yeah, I, I'm going to speculate. I wish you would that Strand and Luis are really the true couple. Really? Yeah. Hmm. And I'm just going to say because this is going to maybe feed more into that whole cl- element of class. Yeah. That. There may be some resentment there between Luis and Thomas Abigail, which mm-hmm. I don't know if Abigail if Thomas is alive somewhere. You 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 would think that he is, but maybe he's not. I, I would like to think he is because it'd be like, well, with that villa that he has, you know, nothing for miles. I would hate to think that we're going to have Dugray Scott be one and done. You know, like Ethan Embry. Yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, no, that's not going. I don't think that's going to. That's why not going to happen. I mean, he's cast as a regular, isn't he? I think so. Yeah, so we're gonna see. Him so more. it'd be interesting. I think. I think because I kind of I get like a feeling that there's something, a little bit of something there, and it's like why? Why does Luis? Is it because he's just a hired gun and mm-hmm. he's just doing his job, or is there some other motivation there for him to make sure that him and Strand get to where they're going? So sure. again, I'm just speculating. Yeah. You know, not that. Well, we don't know how it's going to play out, but no, you never do. Hmm. So I don't know. I, I think I think maybe they were trying to set up the story a little bit to where Strand has a different motivation than mm-hmm. we had thought previously. Yeah. But I don't know how convincing it was because I'm with you. I think he's just trying to get to a safe place for his own and for his own needs, and he doesn't really care about Abigail. Which is interesting because he's so used to playing people, and I think he's probably lived on the edge more during his life than he'd like to have. Oh, I'm sure. So he should be used to it. Yeah. And losing everything didn't really seem to bother him too much emotionally. Yeah. So from that perspective, I I don't know, it's a big leap for me to be like, well, I mean, obviously everyone wants to be safe. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. It's just a hard, he's like, he's a very complex guy to to read now. And and maybe if their goal was to add this, layers of complexity to make us feel uh, ambivalent 
about his character, then it certainly worked. It sure did. It sure did. <laughs> oh, then maybe maybe that's what makes it the best episode so far. <laughs> I don't know. I don't but, know. Uh, this, the, the, the payoff of his backstory, uh, maybe when that comes around, we'll change our opinion. I hope so. so I hope so, because we'll I feel like they put a lot of effort into it, and I hope there's a good reason yeah. for it. Certainly not going to keep me from watching. No, I'm still enjoyed the show, enjoyed the episode. It just wasn't my favorite. You can reach us at Fear Enthcast. My goodness. Well, I was like, are you I'm, I'm like I'm, I'm at a loss. Oh, that's our Twitter. Yeah, on Twitter at Fear Enthcast <laughs> right. or you can email us fear at enthcast.com. Right. And then if you want to leave us a rating and review, we have said before that we would read it on the show. But not because you enjoyed this episode of the podcast. Because this particular episode of the podcast may be <laughs> the weakest out of all that we've done oh. so far. I'm just saying. Well, we'll I'm see. just saying. Maybe it's not as bad as we think it is. <laughs> but we did get a review this week. Did we? Yeah, we did. So I figured we'd go ahead and read it. Hmm. And so, um, who did we get a review from? James Sweeney. Oh. And so. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. James. Sweeney. Well, I mean, Sweeney. and he starts off strong. The title of the re- review is Best Walking Dead and Fear the Walking Dead Podcast Out. Well, remember, this review was before this episode. Yeah, well, we can re- <laughs> Do you want to redo the whole episode? Uh, no. Okay. Fuck it. Fuck it. We're done. So, <laughs> he, he says, the guys on the podcast are the best to review and talk about both shows. Well, oh. Thank you. And then, uh, we're hilarious. Thank you, we know. We cover all the serious and needed character development plot points the show has. Maybe not this time. Maybe not this time. But we time. have in the past. We'll do better. We'll we get better. Interact with fans on Twitter. We do do that. We do that. And we, in spades. And we email. If you email us, we email you back. I feel like yeah. we, I feel like we do that well. I feel like, yes, we do. And then he says, uh, we should be the Talking Dead after show instead of Hardwick. I don't know if I can agree with that, but I, I, I appreciate this sentiment. I think Hardwick has moved on to bigger and better things. He should let us do it. <laughs> He should let us. That's do a it. whole different medium, and I have a face for radio. So I have a face for everybody. I don't know. <laughs> I, th- I, I think everybody would love to look at me. And he thinks he he likes the Texas jokes. So well, yeehaw! <laughs> Ride him, cowboy. A, what's a Texas joke? Do we make jokes about Texas, or th- is it because we live in Texas? I think we probably are unaware that we speak colloquially. <laughs> Well, that's probably true. <laughs> so maybe we're saying things that only other Texas people will get sometimes. Oh, so. is he from Texas? Yeah, he's from Austin. Oh, oh, oh. So well, keep it weird. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. <laughs> I went to a show last week, and the the dude said he was from Austin. Mm-hmm. And someone goes, "Keep Austin strange," and he goes, "That." Is not the right thing. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. And then he goes, someone get that lady a Bud Light line. That is the clientele for that beverage. (laughs) That is so excellent. But we know we appreciate y'all reviewing us and listening and taking time out. And even when it's shitty, um, there's always not great episodes of the show. So (laughs) there may not be great episodes of the podcast. Look at us shitting on ourselves. (laughs) (laughs) If I don't shit on myself, someone else will. Wow. <laughs> you need to broaden your porn watching horizons is what you need to do. See, I just, no, I haven't broadened them that wide. <laughs> hey, we appreciate you listening. And hey, there's always next week. Just remember to fight the dead and fear the nth cast. <laughs>